This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning, this is Bennett Kelly, and welcome to our 150th broadcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun these four years, and I want to thank you, our, our listeners, for joining us for each of these, and uh, all our wonderful guests um, who have made made this possible. And of course, our, our excellent producer, Brasco, thanks. Um, but we have a great show for you today, so please be seated. We're going to be... Um, We've talked a lot about big data in the past in terms of its privacy implications um, and how it can, it's being used in different applications. And we're going to talk about it in a different context, one you may not have seen. We've heard about much um, it being used in by religious institutions. And we have with us um, Michael Senecola, who's going to talk about that um, in our first segment. And then our second segment, um, we're fortunate to have a, a special guest um a former um, managing editor, system managing editor of the USA Today um, sports page, Scott Zucker. And he's going to give us an insight into the 2014 NFL season and other breaking store sto- sports stories. For those of you who may not know, today is uh, Internet Slowdown Day. And um, is a is a mass Internet protest designed to um, drum up support for net neutrality. Um, with the concept being to demonstrate that concerns that um, ISPs will slow down traffic or create fast lanes um, in the event that the FCC does not adopt um, a net neutrality. Um, another news, Yelp won an important victory, um, and we'll talk about that later. Um, in addition, Ripoff Report, we had Ben Smith on our show Talk about his investigation of Republic Report. Well, last week was the first indictment issued, um, and all information about that is on um, the Internet Law Center's blog, ILC Cyber Report at WordPress.com. Um, today is also World Suicide Day, and um, I mean, Prevention Day, and it's designed to raise awareness and to encourage people to take steps to find out how they can help prevent that. Um, and we also say, uh, we'll talk in the second segment, 
Um, a little rest in peace to Marvin Bad News Barnes. He was the probably the greatest athlete to ever come from my neighborhood, and uh, he died this week at 62. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, we'll be talking more about um, the hot issues of the day in internet law, and we'll have Scott Zucker after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those ranks is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. Um, you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report on Webmaster Radio. This is Ben and Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica. And uh, we have with us Scott Zucker, um, who had up until recently was the uh, assistant managing editor of the USA Today sports um, page. And um, Scott, are you with us? I'm here. Great. Thanks for joining, Scott. And full disclosure, Scott and, and I go way back. He was my uh, fraternity big brother. Many, 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 many years ago, <laughs> and um, but 
one of the, the the fun parts of having a show and um, is being able to sometimes go off topic and uh, you know one when, when, especially when you can get a, a good guest to talk about something that's really interesting and fun and um, so I got the opportunity to grab Scott um, at this stage of the NFL season and I thought it'd be a great thing to let's, let's get some insights from Scott on you know, what his work has been and you know Scott you've you've been you've been covering sports now for you know, close to 30 years or, um, and you've, you mainly focused on what baseball and football. Primarily, although I've done a lot of different stuff over the years. I did a lot of college basketball for a little bit there and some NBA mixed in. So, um, we were talking earlier and you mentioned over the weekend that you had been, you actually were at Cal Ripken's um, game where he broke Lou Gehrig's record um, for the um, most games played consecutively and the Ironman record that many people thought would never be broken. And, you know, I imagine you've also seen an, a number of other kind of historic events. You know, what are the ones that you, you, you'll always remember? Well, like the Cowboys, certainly, but there's so much build up to it. I was covering baseball then for one of the wire services and I'm based in Washington so I got to know Cal a little bit going out to the Orioles a lot and I had written gosh 10 stories on Cal over the course of that season and been at all the games leading up to it and there is I mean there was a genuine in the press box there was people got chills off of that because it was such a, a sort of historic moment I mean I was sitting next to um, Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, uh, who in those days were just the Washington Post columnists. They weren't part of uh, doing PTI yet, I don't think. And, you know, those guys had seen a lot more than I had, and they were both pretty pretty taken aback by the moment. Well, uh, I... One of the coolest, well, I was going to say, one of the coolest things that I saw was during the 96 Olympics, I was doing the boxing, and no Olympic boxing, really, who cares? But but Ali had been there all through the Olympics, and he showed up at the boxing venue, and as he's, you know, sort of walking down, you can hear the the crowd start to notice them, and there's a hush kind of coming over the crowd and whispering, and then all of a sudden, the chants, USA, USA, go out for Ali, and, you know, he sort of waves, you know, stops, acknowledges, waves to everybody. And it was really kind of a, a, a pretty cool moment. Another one where the you know, veteran sports writers, you know, stopped what they were doing and, and looked up and paid attention, which was kind of neat. Cause and then later on, that happened. Bruce Willis uh, showed up with Demi Moore. They were married at the time. And there was a big buzz about that, and I thought, well, that sort of takes away from the whole Ali thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the Ali thing is interesting because you know he he had thrown his gold medal into the what, the Louisville River or the Ohio River, whatever the river is that goes what goes through Louisville, and uh, um, because of his you know his treatment over the draft, and um, but going back to Cal Ripken, there's something I think people have to have to explain about him that there was something unique going to an Orioles game and just watching the way people reacted to Cal. I think, you know, there's only a few ball players in my career I've seen people um, react to in, in that way. 
um, you know, he he generally was a hero to that community. He's from the community. He played there all his life. Um, is there, genuinely, I, genuinely beloved. Yes, you can throw that word around a lot, but he was truly beloved. I would say that. I mean, actually, right now there's a guy you can equate that to in the Jeter situation, and I, I think, but those are sort of few and far between. And it's the whole thing of, you know, a guy staying with the same team his whole career, becoming so identified with the city. You know, Cal had roots in the organization. His, his dad had been a long-time Oriole coach. His brother was, was playing for the team at the time as second baseman, Billy. That's the amazing so thing about Cal, was that they, they fired thing. his dad and they traded his brother and he stayed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, you know, they get it. It's, you know, it's baseball. It's amazing that his dad had stayed there that long. And his dad did ascend to become manager, but, you know, that didn't work out. There was a reason. Usually when there's long-time coaches, there's a reason they're long-time coaches and not managers, and, and I think that's what they found out. Yeah, he, with, had, uh, he had the streak, right? Didn't the, 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 they had that one really long losing streak, and wasn't that with Cal's dad? Yes, they had that horrible start where they started the season at like, I want to say, oh, and nineteen or something like it that. It was something like that, and they, and they replaced him with Frank Robinson. And I read recently, just a couple couple weeks ago, that um, Ronald Reagan called <laughs> Robinson since at the time Washington didn't have a team, and said, um, you know, Frank, I just want you to know that you know I know what you're going through. And, uh, you know, we're, we're rooting for you. And, and Robinson apparently said, with all due respect, Mr. President, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but That sounds a lot like Frank Robinson. So um, you, being based in Washington, you know, a couple of years ago, Washington finally made it to the playoffs for the first time in something like 50 years. Is there talk in Washington, and do you think it's possible that there could be a Beltway World Series, or at least a World Series in Washington? I, I think it's a possibility. I mean, that's a, a, the Nationals, that's a really nice pitching staff. They've got a solid closer in Soria, uh, uh, Serrano. Um, I like their lineup pretty good. They've been missing Ryan Zimmerman, who's one of their, their marquee guys for a good part of the season. If they were to get him back for the playoffs, I think that would really boost their chances. So I think who, the Orioles... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I think the Orioles are kind of a, a odd situation because that's not a team with a lot of huge star power. One of their best players... Uh, Matt Weaver, the catcher, is, is out for the year. He's been out, you know, since May. I want to say uh, it's, they've gotten contributions in a lot of different places. Surprise season. Nelson Cruz, who was part of the uh, group that got suspended last year in the steroid scandal, you know, nobody wanted to touch him this offseason, and then he's come on and been, you know, one of the best power hitters in the American League. So, uh, who do you think is going to go to the World Series? Oh, I'm never right about this stuff, and you know that. Uh, <laughs> I I think the uh, the AL is is really tough to pick um, because there's so many sort of decent teams. Nobody jumps out. I mean, for a while there, it looked like the A's were the team to beat. 
And yeah. then they just won the tank. Um, the Angels have a tremendous amount of talent, but I don't know. They've never seemed to be able to put together a long streak. Kansas City Royals are one of the best records in, in, in the American League. They're the Kansas City Royals. I never think they're going to be in the World Series. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, why, why not? I'll say, I'll say it's going to be the Orioles, and I'm going to go with the Dodgers in the, in the National League. Well, I think the Dodgers are definitely a hard team to beat when they have such a great pitching staff. I, I mean, particularly yeah, with Kershaw. Is, Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball by a mile right now. Uh, Zach Greinke is a very, very good pitcher. I mean, they have a lot of talent there. They have a, good, they have a consistent closer, which is huge in the postseason. And they got a, they got a pretty good lineup. Uh, you know, it's... It, you see, a police has got to be. You see, a police—you know—he can't be one of those funks, or they're not going to go anywhere. But if he—if he's who you know, showing the talent that we know he can have, I think they could go very far. The, the the interesting thing is, if you know, once they once they make the playoffs, is half the people in LA will finally get to be able to see them. You know, they they've just been <laughs> this season this season long the contract dispute between Time Warner Cable and and the other cable vendors over, you know, broadcasting Dodger games. And so the only people right now in L.A. who can watch the Dodgers are either when they're on a, a national network um, or if they have time warner cable. Well, the funny thing about that dispute is, and these things pop up a lot, uh, you know, disputes between uh, cable companies and, and, and leagues and teams and, and, and distribution rights and how much they're going to pay. And there's always and things every year, every sport, got some variation of that. Usually it resolved in like a week, you know, because right. they say, well, we're not going to, we're not going to go, the, you know, we're not going to go for the season, not letting fans see these games, they'll get killed. But this one, apparently, it's LA, so they figure what the heck. I mean, I don't know, maybe that's, there's too much money on the table, or maybe they figure LA fans are just indifferent. I don't know. Um, I, know I, I think a there of... is a certain amount of stat of that. I think, yeah, the, the Across the LA offers so many opportunities. There's always sort of consternation over how much the fan base is really invested. Right. Well, the the the, the wrap on us here is that we have so many other things, um, entertainment options. Plus, you know, we have the, you know, the nice weather. We can go outside, um, and that's the thing. There's all you're you're competing. Have a lot of a competition for that entertainment dollar. But, Absolutely, and I think that that's part of the reason why there's still not uh, an NFL team in LA. Well, actually, you know, I remember it's funny. I I moved out here 20 years ago, and um, my second month here was the last month of the season, and uh, it was a Raiders Chiefs game, and you know that's just such a classic rivalry. I said, you know, I should I should go to that, but then it was you know it was middle of Christmas shopping. I said, well, I'll go next season. And of course, they moved, <laughs> and and you know, a lot of people are like, "Hey, it's great they moved." There's you know, there's no blackout. I can now I can now watch NFL games. You know, to get two NFL games instead of just the Raiders and or the Rams. And a lot of people think it's a great thing. Oh, see, there you go. And, and, and there's a lot of speculation. Roger Goodell, when he was one of the deputy commissioners, was a big advocate of getting a team in LA. And a lot of people thought as soon as he got in as commissioner, that was going to be one of the first things that happened. But I think they looked at the the 
demographics, and they looked at at the audience share and figured, you know, this may not work as an NFL city anymore. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think, like you said, there's there's a lot of options there. There's uh, and there's great year-round weather, and I think building a fan base or rebuilding in the case of LA now is very difficult because. You can watch any game on TV now. It's not like right. you, know, you have to watch your local game. You know, just get the Sunday ticket. You can, you're a Patriots fan. You can watch every Patriots game if you want to get you know, the Sunday ticket. You can watch it home. You can watch it on your iPad or right. at the beach. So why why bother getting season tickets for a game? Also, it's a heck of a lot more comfortable to watch it in you know in the comfort of your living room on a giant you know 60 inch TV in high depth, which is going to give you better angles than being there with just a sharp and experience. You don't have to go spend, a, you know, a lot of money at this point to go sit out and pay twelve bucks for a beer, and you know, have to listen to the drunks in the section next to you, and you know, just be squeezed into a seat and have to pay a lot for parking. Especially in LA, I imagine you know, getting to the game is an adventure. So right, although the, the, the stadium they were talking about would be downtown. Um, near near the the current stable center, and so, but yeah, I mean, and, and you, one other thing that's in the news and it kind of ties into what our, what we normally cover is internet law, and and that is the um, the Federal Communications Commission is actually pushing and may um, is pushing the NFL to remove its blackout rule. Well, I think that's a rule that's time is is coming down. I mean. At this point, the notion that it's going to sell more tickets, it's, it's ridiculous. People are going to go or they're not going to go. They can, Like I said, they can go other places and get the game. I, I think to, it makes no sense to, to do that at this point for them. You know, they black out games every year in certain cities. For a long time, Detroit, you know, had a game or two blacked out every year. Or Jacksonville, which, you know, there's been some horrendous teams and that that's an act of mercy. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and yeah, that's a tough draw there. But uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to suddenly say, "I'm going to go." You know, I didn't have the two hundred dollars to go take me and my my kid to a game before now, but because they're blocking it out on TV, I'm suddenly going to do it. Exactly. Now, um, one one question that's kind of curious, since you've given that you you've been a reporter for for. A number of years, and covered this during a, a period of rapid technological change. I mean, we're talking about Cal Ripken, and you know that's just the dawn of kind of the internet age. And now you have all these players getting in trouble based on something they tweeted or emailed. And how has you know the the technology and social media? How has it affected you know your coverage of sports, and um, how has it changed? It's changed everything. I mean, it's literally completely changed the business in in a multitude of ways, not the least of which it's, you know, helped drive newspapers out of business, uh, which is, you know, a, a situation close to my heart. I was talking to Bob Nightingale the other day. Bob is uh, USA Today's longtime baseball columnist. And Bob was saying, you know, he's sitting at a game and he's tweeting about something that was going on in the game. The guy next to him was... Uh, was uh, 
putting something up on Instagram, the guy next to him was was, was blogging something, and he said and he looked at it, he looked at the trailer, and I can't remember who it was, a couple of long time baseball guys, and he said he turned to one of them and said, "Hey, remember when covering baseball was fun?" <laughs> <laughs> because it changes the way that that we in the media do our jobs. It also changes the way in which we report. It changes the way athletes have interacted with with, with fans. You know, for the most part, if you want to, if you're an athlete or a team and you want to communicate with fans, you can do that directly. You don't need the media now. You know, you, every every team has has a website. Every team has a Twitter account. Every player, it seems like, has a Twitter account. Right. Some, which often gets them in trouble. But if they want to reach directly to the fans, they can do that. And so much reporting is done via Twitter now that it's it's scary and it's not necessarily a good thing because stuff shows up on Twitter that's not confirmed, that's not reported out, it's just someone puts it up and now when they're rushed to be first to, to get that clip, right. you get a lot of careless reporting. So uh, yeah. the, the Dallas police, I'm blanking out on the player now, Dallas police released the name of a player who they had arrested for drunk driving. Well, it turned out that it wasn't the actual player. It was the player's brother who had a very similar name. How about that? It might have been, I want to say it's Akeem Tlaib, the cornerback from the Denver Broncos, who's, you know, got a little bit of an unusual uh, first name. His brother's name is similar, and, and he was arrested, and they had the wrong, they put the wrong name out there, and that got picked up everywhere. The only fortunate thing was it was a Sunday morning in the summer, so not that many people jumped on it right away. Right, and it, it was during the season. season. Yeah, it would have it would have gone viral in about five seconds, and everybody would have that on their face. So, and you know, I know out here, you just coverage based on you know, Kobe Bryant's you know Twitter that makes news. You know, certain things he says. Oh yeah. And uh, you know what pictures he posts and who he friends and unfriends. Um, you know that says a lot. Yeah, I mean there there are any number of players in in various sports. No matter what they put up on Twitter, it's news. Kobe, uh, Tiger Woods, LeBron. Um, um, but uh, the Williams sisters. You know, across the spectrum, anything they put up there is going to get retweeted and picked up. And you know, they have um, millions of fans. Some some of them you know, are have a larger fan bases than the teams itself. Well, the interesting thing is, is sure for the superstars that makes sense, but there's certain players who sort of have developed a reputation for being either pretty funny or controversial or just out there on Twitter who well, normally no one would even know who they are. You know, they, you know, they, 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 you know, the 24th guy on the baseball team. But they have that reputation and so they've sort of enhanced their brand. The vernacular. Uh, they've enhanced their brand via the ability to be witty on Twitter. Well, we're going to... Um 
take the opportunity to be not necessarily witty but profitable. We're going to take a short break, um, but when we come back, we'll have Scott Zucker talking more about um, sports. In particular, we're going to get his picks for the 2014 NFL season. Who will the Patriots play in the Super Bowl after these messages? Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back for our special 150th um, edition. We're talking to Scott Zucker, um, longtime sports writer. And um, with the NFL season here, Scott, um, who do you think will be um, celebrating come January? That's, uh, I always like to make this pick after week one when we know absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the, the two teams we saw open the season, the Packers and Seahawks, are the two teams I really like best in the NFC. I think the Seahawks defense is just stifling. And if they can keep healthy for the year, which is you know always, always difficult in the NFL, that's their a challenge. Offense, their offense looks great on, on Monday night. But, you know, Percy Harvin's going to be a key there. Who You know, he's had a history of injury. He's not a huge guy, but he's such an impact player. If he stays healthy, that'll be a key this season. And the other key for them on offense, of course, is the running game. And, they're you know, they've got a lot of miles on, on, on their running game. And... 
keeping keeping healthy there will you know be the other key for them. For the Packers, there's no way they're as bad as they looked on that Monday night game. I think Aaron Rodgers is right now probably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think, again, his receiving core is going to be the key. They've had a lot of injuries there in the last few years. Keeping Jordy Nelson healthy and in the game, uh, he was not involved on, on the season opener, and they have to get him more involved. But if they can accomplish that, I think they can give him a run for the money. On the AFC side, sorry, Bennett, but I think we all we both know your Patriots are not going to be involved in the Super Bowl this year. Who and, and who who do you see it being? Certainly not the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no, not the Jets. Uh, the Jets have uh, way too much inexperience, especially at quarterback, and and their their running game I think should be pretty good. And they've got a lot of questions in their secondary. I think there's a good chance we could see Peyton Manning back in there. That's a, that's a really good team. Uh, a lot will depend on when they get Wes Welker back and if he if he can stay contributing. You know, uh, he's he's the key to their offense. The slot receiver there, and a favorite target for him. They do have a lot of options, a lot of guys, but I think Peyton's comfort level with Welker is going to be a key there. Otherwise, another week one matchup. The team they played the. Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck is is on the rise. He is the guy that everybody's going to be talking about in five years. You know, the first year, a lot of talk about RG3, a lot of talk about Kaepernick. Russell Wilson won won the Super Bowl last year. All those guys have potential to be pretty good quarterbacks. Andrew Luck's already there. He's the guy. And I think if that team can perform around him, they could be very, very good. They could make a Super Bowl run as soon as this year, but it may take a year or two for the defense to catch up to their offense. Yeah, I mean, you universally hear from other commentators that you know Luck is is just you know uh, several steps ahead of all the other quarterbacks, at least as his contemporaries, and that he already is in the league of Manning and Brady and Rogers. The only you need to see is the ability to, to rally his team and come back to get it against a, a pretty good Denver defense on, on Sunday night. And he's just one of those sort of natural leaders. He's got the full skill set. And what people don't realize is he's a pretty mobile quarterback. He looks like a big doofus out there, but he's actually pretty <laughs> mobile. And I, I, I saw a stat before the season that he had, he was the second most, um, rushing touchdowns for a quarterback the last couple of years. Oh. You know, people just don't think of it, think of him that way. But he, he has the ability to move. He's, he's fairly fleet of foot and he knows what he's doing and he's very good at moving around in the pocket and sort of just scooting away from guys. So who's your, who's so your sleeper got... team? Oh, boy. Mom never write about the sleeper teams. <laughs> I'm going to say... Uh, Who's my sleeper team? <laughs> we can come back to I'm that. Tempted, I'm but, tempted to give you the Jets on that, but, but I'm gonna I'm gonna resist that temptation <laughs> and say I I would say Chargers probably. Yeah, they they've always been the the thing that's an interesting franchise. They've they've always been a, a team on the verge, and yeah, uh, they, 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 they never, never quite seem to get over the hump. 
Exactly. But I like the coaching staff. I like Philip Rivers. Well, I don't really like Philip Rivers. I like Philip Rivers' game. And uh, I think, again, this is one of those, uh, it depends on how the defense uh, reacts, really. So what was your first football game you went to? First football game I ever went to? Yeah. Oh, Jets, Bills, uh, probably. With OJ? 70, yeah. So, yeah, it would have been OJ. Uh, I remember more Emerson Boozer, but that's just me. <laughs> I and actually Dennis Emerson Emerson never killed anybody so you know. that's true um or or um tried to kidnap someone the um I saw OJ play and interestingly enough he um he ran for like four yards and I don't know if he wasn't happy with the the hit he got and got into a fight and was ejected <laughs> this was you know this was the year after his 2000 yard season but um, so it was kind of kind of interesting. He, he did have a temper, I guess, and um, <laughs> apparently, oh, yeah, my, my my legal advisor now tells me that I should have said allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> now, um, go going back to um, you know, there's a lot of controversies right now in in the NFL. You, you had the, obviously all the talk this week about the um, you know Rice and his knockout punch to his his now wife, um, and there's controversies now in, in I guess Dallas. Um, Jerry Jones has has just got hit with a lawsuit, and um, but the big big one is the one in, in your hometown is is the Washington Redskins. Um, you know where do you where do you see that controversy going? Well, that's been really interesting because, shockingly, Daniel Snyder's been very stubborn about it. Uh, there's really nothing in his history to tell us that Daniel Snyder would be stubborn and pig-headed about this, except for everything he's ever done. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a little mystified at this point that Snyder hasn't sort of figured out that he can still make a lot of money off of this. Right. If he goes ahead and does the name change and everybody has to buy new Redskins paraphernalia. Seth, that's what I don't get. Because that, you know, in terms of cities that are rabid about their football team, you know, Washington has to be among the top ones. And Yeah, I mean, you were here. You know what it's like. Yeah, I mean, I was there for you know, each of the Super Bowl wins. And they went nuts. And the other thing is that... Um, you know, sales have dropped like seventy-five percent or fifty percent, and and on merchandising. So you know, either because people are thinking, okay, the name's going to change, I'll hold off, or you know, people are upset about the name. And so you think, as a matter of economics, you know, the money is pointing in the direction of make the change. I would think so, and you know, whatever else you think about Daniel Snyder. He's a pretty good businessman, so I'm wondering what, you know, they have access to all these numbers. They certainly know what, I'm sure they ran the model on what it would mean to rebrand and how much how much it would cost them versus how much money they would make. I'd have to think it'd be a, a big moneymaker for them, and, you know, so they get, get the public off their backs. But I think there's a certain feeling that Snyder, I'm guessing, that Snyder feels he needs to have a reason that he can publicly give for why he's, he's you know, bent to the change. 
And well, they're making a real, real push still. They, I mean, they hired an outside PR firm, and they're they're talking to different media organizations, and they're still making a push that Daniel Snyder is a friend of the Native American community, and, and he's interested in the bigger issues and not this silly name thing that you just forget about. But I heard one report that he was actually trying to trade it for a Super Bowl. Um, where Washington would be the host. <laughs> Clearly, uh, as long as he's owner, that I doubt the Skins are going to be going to the Super Bowl with him as owner. But uh, probably not. There, there was some talk about trying to get Washington hosted. I don't really think that DC area is well set up for that in particular. But uh, I think it's a possibility. Now that New York went off fairly well. I think there's the thought that you can do some cold weather Super Bowls. Right. I mean, keep keep in mind they had over a million people in January, um, you know, six years ago when Obama was inaugurated. So, um, you know, they they know how to handle crowds, at least you know, at least that. Now, in terms of the, some of the other owner controversies, which ones kind of which ones interest you? You know, the, I don't know if you heard about Jerry Jones getting arrested, um, getting sued um, by a, a dancer at a strip club. Um, and you have, you know, Jim Irsay just, just pled guilty to drunk driving, um, you know, Bruce Levinson with the Hawks. And then let's not forget our good old Donald Sterling. Um, you know, who, which owner do you, stands out to you as like the, um, the, the poster child for bad owner? Well, I mean, there's different kinds of bad owners. I mean, Donald Sterling, uh, is, is sort of the extreme in, in, in so many ways. You know, he was a horrible person long before this latest uh, controversy popped up. You know, the whole thing with him as a slumlord was sort of yes. a well-kept secret in in the NBA for years. I mean, he got sued by his own general manager, uh, Elton Baylor, said so there's a, a plantation mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is nothing new with him. Hey, he was at the harbor. If he was the nicest guy in the world, which he's this clearly the polar opposite of, he was a horrible owner anyway. He, you know, he, he was cheap and he didn't he wouldn't go out and spend money. And he, you know, he ended up with a good team by default because they got awarded Chris Paul in that in that weird right. thing where the NBA owned. You know, owned a team for a little while there. That's what ends up with Chris Paul, and they locked into Blake Griffin, and boom! All of a sudden, they had a, a decent team through no right. fault of the owners. And it, it's yeah. interesting because the whole the fact that they stunk so bad meant let is why port reporters gave them a pass. They figured oh, it's just the Clippers. You know, why, why should we break this story? It's just Sterling. No one really cares. And um, I think there, there was a certain amount of, of that, you know, why am I wasting my time on this guy? I don't give a damn about him. So my, my first Clipper game I went to, it was shortly after moving out to L.A. when they were still at the sports arena, which was a dismal kind of 1960s era um, arena. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, I, we had a season tickets passed. They were trying to get my firm to buy season tickets, so they, they comped us for some nice seats. And it was place was empty, and so I moved over just a little bit just to get closer to center court, and you know, by Billy Crystal, and uh, uh, the usher the usher came over to me and said, "Can I see your tickets?" And I said, "Come on, man, it's the Clippers." And what shocked me was he said, "Good point." <laughs> really? 
He did, yeah. And you know, he said, if someone comes, you'll move, right? I said, yeah, don't worry about it. And as it turns out, I had to move over one seat. But there was like 4,000 people there in the arena. And then Glenn Rice like lit them up for like 50 points that night and uh, with Miami. And, uh, um, you know, it just it was just a bleak atmosphere there. And uh, you know, definitely them moving to the Staples. And then, you know, as you said, you know, lucky into Blake and um, Chris Paul has just revitalized his franchise. Well, I think uh, there was a certain point where being a Clippers fan was sort of ironically cool, you know? <laughs> it was sort of like, yeah, oh, yeah, I get it. It's like an inside joke, but, you know, we like this team that's just so horrible for so long. So um, we only got a couple minutes left. What what is um, What story do you think people would like to hear more about that people isn't being covered right now in sports? Uh, Crossing sports. Um... Oops, uh, with the music's playing, Scott. I guess we have to get, get running. Um, if people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? It's just Scott Zucker on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much, and thank you, everyone. This has been our special 150th edition where Scott Zucker gave us our insights into the NFL season and, and forgot to say that the Patriots will win the Super Bowl. But um, this is Ben and <laughs> Kelly. Join us next week for another edition of Cyber Law and Business Report. Courts adjourned. Have a great week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.